Howdy, everybody. Welcome to another fantastic episode of Midwestern Fins. It's your boy, TB, Bauer78 on Twitter. And as always, joined by my trusty co-host, Matt Hagler. What it do, Matt? How are you doing today, buddy? Good. How are you today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's good to be here. Um, it's nice that we've kind of been able to get some kind of a consistent schedule. You know, the third Friday of every month has been working pretty well for us. I feel like we could probably give some more content, but at least the content that we've been giving, I feel, has been good. So this episode is going to be excellent, and I'm glad that everybody's tuning in on this one. So, Absolutely. Yeah, we just don't want to bore you with my voice all the time, just every once in a while. Yeah, once a month. That's uh, plenty for the uh, people that don't understand and how to appreciate the beautiful, silky smooth, monotone voice of Matt Hagler. But while we're here, um, as always, Midwestern Fins, we talk a little bit about the Midwest. We talk a little bit about the Miami Dolphins, and we get to uh, bullshit about some other things. But uh, something that we like to start our episodes with so that we can keep you tuned in and introduce you to the greatest things that we have the Midwestern Fins featured charity. Matt, I've got a good one for you. Are you excited? I am super stoked, as always. Yeah, so the Midwestern Fins featured charity this week. I did a little bit of research, and this one is called NEADS. N-E-A-D-S. The World Class Service Dogs. Uh, It's an awesome, awesome one. I did a little bit of research on Charity Navigator and NEADS Incorporated has had a four-star rating for 19 years in a row. Think about that. Isn't that incredible? (laughs) That is incredible. That's a long time to be that good. 19 years in a row of being a top-notch charity. So that's one thing, because you know that they've had some longevity. But the other thing is, out of a 100, they've scored a 98.18. And I don't want to... I don't want to underplay the charities that we've selected in the past that don't have that high score. Every feature charity that we've had might not be as known as these other ones, and they might not have the high score because their popularity is not as high. So I think that might be a little misleading, but using Charity Navigator is really excellent. So if you guys get a chance to check it out, Charity Navigator is awesome. But kind of like maybe PFS scores, it doesn't tell the whole tale. But while we're here, I need to introduce you to Needs. And you can find them at needs.org, N-E-A-D-S. So it used to stand for the National Education for Assistance Dog Services and Dogs for the Deaf and Disabled Americans. Basically what needs is, is a place that tries to hook people up that need dogs with service dogs. So it provides independence when matched with people who are deaf or have physical disabilities and also veterans who have PTSD. It promotes confidence and socialization when matched with children who have autism or other developmental disabilities. And they provide integrated therapeutic assistance when they match with caring professionals in settings like classrooms, hospitals, courthouses, and mental health practices and the ministry. So if you guys haven't heard of needs before, I highly recommend checking this place out. They've given out more than 1,800 dogs. They train 50 dogs a year minimum. They have graduations every year, and they try to hook these people up with something that they need. And every time I see a service dog, I think it's an amazing, amazing thing. And I don't think we think about it enough. Yeah, I mean, every time I see a service dog, I want to pet it, but then I realize it's on duty, and then I just wipe the single tear that falls down my eye. Oh. And, uh, 
and uh, just move along. But it's a bunch of good boys and girls getting sent out to people who need them. You guys, you guys can't, you guys can't not like that. I mean, you, you guys can't. It's just not like even if you're cat people. Come on, it's a yeah, great charity. I, uh, I think something that I've thought about, and uh, I'm sure I've tweeted it a few times, but I often like to think that humans don't deserve dogs because of how great they are. So the fact that we have a charity that we can talk about and we can distribute to show that there are people out there that are helping dogs get awesome owners and vice versa. It's, it's top tier for me. Absolutely. So if you guys want to find them, check them out at needs.org, N E A D S dot O R G. Um, you can donate to them. They're looking to have volunteers and it's just a, it's a really awesome thing. So needs.org is our Midwestern fins featured charity. So check them out. MWFCC. No, that's F- right. FC. MWFFC. That's right. And as always, you'll be able to find them in the description underneath our podcast episodes on Spotify, iTunes Music, Podbean, and the likes. And we'll also tweet about them on the timeline. And you can find our Twitter at Midwestern Fins. So, with that being said, Matt, you got anything cool about the Midwest that we could talk about? Oh, I'd just like to say welcome into the beginning of construction season. I've had to drive on the highway, and it's got to the point where the roadwork stuff's starting to come out of hibernation. Yes, the uh, the wild animal that is the traffic cone has made its appearance. Mm-hmm. You ever hit one on the highway? I I haven't personally no, and I don't have any intentions on doing so. I haven't hit one on the highway, but I have hit one in a parking lot, and it is it is it is satisfying. But uh, not doing it enough might hurt your car, so I don't recommend it. Yeah, don't don't hit them too hard, and remember that all those people that are putting those cones out there, they don't want to be there either. At least I don't think so. So, uh, I mean, slow down. They probably just don't want to pick them up again, you know. Yeah, that's probably fair. But if you're driving in construction zones, mind the workers, if anything. You know, yep, we want everybody down. to be safe while you're doing it. So, And they're trying to better your driving experience. I don't know about you, Matt, but the potholes in South Dakota are terrible. Mm. So... Whatever we got to do to get those fixed would be great. I don't encounter much on the highway, but in town, yep. Not so not so fun. Especially but I guess in the with parking lots. Oh yeah. Well, it's like a combination. For those of you that don't know what it's like to have severe temperature swings, basically during the daytime when it's a t-shirt and short weather, and then at nighttime, it's sweater weather. And then when it gets dark out, it's, uh, you know, winter coat weather. The concrete doesn't really like the moisture there because it goes from expanding to shrinking to expanding to shrinking all the time. And that's how potholes get formed. Yep. And when the water melts and becomes groundwater, it washes out a lot of those fine particles underneath. Yep. Engineering. So it's <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, those damn engineers. But uh, I guess I kind of touched on it a little bit since we're still in the Midwest and talking about the construction season starting. Um, 
We have officially passed false spring, I think. The other I day, <laughs> the other day I made a comment that I woke up to five inches of snow and 50 miles away there was a wildland fire. So it's really crazy this time of the year where it doesn't take a lot to change the weather, to go from snowing in one place to drive 10 miles and it'd be 65 degrees. And that's the, the best part about spring in South Dakota anyway. Yeah, and really all you're missing right now is a Sharknado. And then, then we have it all. Yeah, the good news, the good news about this weather too, is that it's not a, it's not hail season yet. But it's perfect time for thunder snow. That's true. Hopefully, hopefully we'll get to experience some thunder snow in the next month or so. It's one of my favorite experiences. The lightning, when it's like lightning and rain, is cool, but lightning and snow is way cooler. I I can confirm. You can't or you can? I can. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Sometimes my monotone voice uh, doesn't have a nice distinction at the end for any of you new listeners. But I C-A-N confirm. Yeah. So, but we we tried to do some research on some cool Midwestern topics, and really there wasn't any. And I think... Or being overshadowed by something very important in the NFL that's going to be occurring in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. So, shall we in talk case, about the? Go ahead. I was going to say, in case you all were wondering, it is the NFL draft, so get your mocks ready. Oh God, yeah, the NFL draft. What is that, by the way? What like is it important to the development of an NFL team or not? Well, you know, it all depends. Uh... You could be like the Rams and trade away your first-round picks every year since they drafted Jared Goff and have some mild success. Or you could be like the Dolphins and accumulate a bunch and then not make the playoffs when... You know what? Never mind. Um, It all depends on your player development, Taylor. (laughs) Yeah, I think I've said uh, for the last two years, or at least since we started Midwestern Fins, that uh, draft position, to me, doesn't matter. And I think we've talked about comparing seventh round draft picks to undrafted free agents, mid round draft picks comparing to free agent signings, and then trying to justify first round draft picks versus already bona fide players. So this year the Dolphins made a couple moves since our last podcast. Uh, we traded from three to twelve and then back up from twelve to six, which I think is weird, but maybe Maybe, just maybe, these NFL GMs know more than us Twitter freaks. You think that might be a possibility? Um, I'd like to think so, unless you're like the Jets GM, you know. And those guys are just a mess still. Uh, there's a few. There's a few teams that maybe Twitter would do better, but uh, overall, yeah, I'd, I'd agree. These guys have been in the game for a long time and know what they're doing. Yeah, fair enough. And even the best GMs, um, they draft. If you draft 50% successfully in the NFL, you are a Hall of Fame GM. I think that's a fair statement. Yeah, Ozzy Newsome, that was the Ravens GM. Yeah. He He did such a good job. Drafts. He was an excellent GM. 
it always felt like the Ravens drafted the guys that I would want. It just seemed weird. I think CJ Mosley is the one that stuck out mostly to me. Yeah. Or did he go to the Jets? That hurt. Nope. He went to the Jets after the Ravens. Okay, that's what I thought. But he uh he was drafted right before the Dolphins were to pick and he's made to four Pearl Bowls and he's just an excellent player. Yep. But we'll see if they could sustain that success with this is not a Ravens podcast. What are, what am I doing? Yeah, what are we doing? Oh well. So Miami Sorry, Dolphins. Pick number six, Haggy. I think we can probably just jump right in. All right. You, you want an edge rusher, correct? Yes, but trade back. Okay, trade back. See, I feel like I'm okay with the trade back scenarios, but it'd be weird for the Dolphins to trade back, to trade up, to trade back again. And I know, and I know it's a weird concept to wrap your head around, right? But you got to think about it, right? So you're at number three, and San Francisco's like, hey. Uh, I, I really want to get this done. I, we want to get Mac Jones, which is the rumor or whatever. Dolphins are like, we definitely don't want Mac Jones, but you're offering us a lot of picks, so let's go, right? So you move back to 12. But then I'm thinking that Greer's like, you know what? If they take Mac Jones and then trail, or um, Trevor Lawrence goes number one, and number two is uh, Wilson, that BYU kid, right? Zach Wilson. Yeah, Zach Wilson. And then the 49ers take Mac Jones over Justin Fields or Trey Lance. And that puts them in a pretty interesting situation, right? Because you got Atlanta at number four, and you got Cincinnati at number five. And then obviously we're at number six now, right? Because we traded back with the Eagles. So depending on what Atlanta and Cincinnati do you're either in a really good position to get Pitt, Sewell, Chase uh, maybe you want Devonta Smith, maybe you want Patrick Sertain Jr. One of those top players right you have almost your pick of the letter depending on what those two do or they're going to take like Sewell and Pitts and then you're going to be in a really good spot where you got these two quarterbacks available and then you might have a team like the lions which are actually like right behind you so they probably won't trade up but maybe a team in the in the tens that are like we actually could probably use our quarterback in the future and they might trade up and then you'll get hopefully more than you gave it to philly which honestly wasn't even really that much so then that's fair if you get back to maybe like 13 or 14 then you just profited again off that pick, and everyone's like setting up a shrine to Chris Greer, and and then you can make your pick on uh, like I don't know, like Jalen Phillips or Quiddy Pay, one of those edge rushers. Apparently, Jalen Phillips is a physical freak and really great edge rusher. Which is again, please, somebody, somebody good. Yeah. Um, because that's that's the miss that's the big missing piece to our defense right now. 
I just I don't care who the pick is. And I will tell everybody this, and I've been telling people this. I don't care who the pick is at six. I don't care who the pick is at 18. There are two players on this team that can't be replaced. One of them is Xavier Howard. The Dolphins need to do whatever they can to keep him on this team. I know that they drafted Noah last year in the first round. They signed Byron Jones to the big contract. But if they need to unload one of those guys to keep Xavier Howard on this roster, they need to do that. Mm-hmm. To get to get away from the same old Dolphins moniker that we've had, same old Dolphins, same old Dolphins. That's a move that you do to get rid of that. Yep, you invest in your homegrown talent, and I think that's, I think that's a rift that we have have been seeing both sides of the last few years. You know, when we first started this, you talked about how. The Dolphins have gotten a lot of draft capital, but we really haven't done a whole lot since then. We had three first-round draft picks this year, last year. We're going to have two this year. The first, you know, the most picks in the first round in the last two years consecutively, and likely next season too. But if the Dolphins don't develop those players and we don't invest in those players, well, is it actually going to be worth it? Let's draft Minka Fitzpatrick. Let's draft an all-pro safety at a position that the Dolphins could use an all-pro safety. Because Bobby McCain isn't an all-pro safety. Minka nope. Fitzpatrick's an all-pro safety. Minka Fitzpatrick can go fuck himself. I, you know, sorry for the not PG termy, but we're to the point where, you know, I'm glad he's not a Dolphin, right? It seems like that was the right move. But we still drafted an all-pro player. Now he's not on the team. Somewhere, Laramie Tunsil, our friend Laramie Tunsil, podcast, Matt is uh, is shedding a tear. It's pride that you yeah. said that. We might we might have drafted the best left tackle of the decade in Laramie Tunsil. He's not on the team anymore. We got this huge haul of draft picks from the Texans so that we could build a team outside of him, and we drafted his replacement with Austin Jackson, which is fine. But then now there's two first-round draft picks that are all pros that might be the best at their position that aren't on the team anymore. So are we okay with letting these all-pro talents that we draft leave? You know, so are we? Are are the Dolphins going to be okay with letting Xavier Howard leave because we drafted his replacement and Noah Igbenogany? You know, is that is that a justification of trying to draft Noah, or is that why we drafted Noah because we wanted to let him walk? I think the same thing can be said if we get in the scenario where we draft Kyle Pitts. And then we let Mike Gesicki walk next year. Was it worth it to draft Mike Gesicki high in the second round when we had a team that we needed other draft picks for in that spot or positions of need just to let him leave instead of investing in a player that we could potentially develop? But players that we are investing in are like, you know, Devontae Parker, who's had one 1,000-yard season, has never had more than 75 catches, has not had double-digit touchdowns. Those are the guys that we're willing to invest in, but we might not invest in Xavier Howard, or we're not going to invest in these all-pro guys that we draft in the first round. I might be ranting a little bit, but there's a really big canyon here that we might be seeing on both sides of, or we can draft talent, but we refuse to develop them. And then when we do develop them, we're okay with letting them leave. There needs to be a bridge between the two. And I hope I that's where we're getting to. 
I hope that's what we start to see this season. All the people that are like, that were okay with drafting Tua at number five. Then he plays nine games, goes six and three in those nine games, misses the playoffs, gets benched twice for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Are we going to draft a quarterback for the future? You know, like, are we going to let Tua walk? You know, are we going to try to trade for Deshaun Watson? We had a big conversation about that. I don't I think that shift sailed. But I think the best way to build a team from here is maybe the reason why we traded all those big players was to get rid of dead cap space. I saw a thing the other day that, like, the Dolphins used to have $40 million in dead cap space. This year we have seven. So we're actually giving players good contracts finally. And this was like the third step in the building process. We overperformed when we went 5-11. and 11. We probably overperformed when we went 10-6 and six last year. But are we going to keep overperforming? Or are we actually going to build now? Because if the Dolphins go less than 10-6 and six this year, or 10-7 and seven or whatever it is with the 17-game season, it's a failure from all fronts. Flores, Greer, all the players... The Dolphins cannot regress this season. They have to improve. So I don't care who the pick is at number six. I don't care if we trade back. I don't care who the pick is at 18. I don't care if we trade up. That player needs to be a player that is going to be a starter. And they're going to make an impact every single play that they're on the field. Wow. Nope, Sorry. That's, that's, that that's, was, a, uh, that's a good rant. That was uh, the best rant I've had in months. I feel good now. <laughs> that's a good rant um i would like to say that i think improvement kind of should maybe not entirely be measured by record because every schedule is going to be different but i think it should be measured more in milestones okay um for example if this year we were to make the playoffs even if we had a nine and nine and eight Nine and eight record, I think that'd be an improvement because when it mattered, we got into the playoffs somehow, some way. You know what I mean? Or if we got with ten and seven, even though it's technically another game that we lost, we're actually in the playoffs again this time. Yeah, I think that's I think that's important. I think that's a fair statement too. I mean, we missed. We went 10 and 6 last season and missed the playoffs. Right. Whereas a, a team in the NFC made it with like a 6 and 10 record. Yep. So they're, that's their football know, team. That's that's fair. I think I think what you just said is fair, but it's just if the Dolphins are going to establish themselves as like a force or, you know, a division contender or whatever it is, there needs to be like significant improvement this season. And most of that comes back to player development, which we talked about a little bit earlier. You know, like yeah. Austin Jackson needs to be an unbenchable player. Yeah. Tua Tungabloa needs to be an unbenchable player. Noah yeah. Igbenogany needs to be an unbenchable player. And I think those those expectations might be really high. And you know that we're a no expectations gang gang podcast, or at least I am. But yeah. If we're going to value first-round draft picks, everybody that is a fan of the Miami Dolphins should expect those three first-round draft picks to be significant contributors. 
a good GM would say, well, if one of them's a full-time starter, one of them's a part-time player, and the third one's a bust, then they're still doing okay. But that's not how we need to be building. Right. So, and and another thing, I see a lot of mock drafts, and maybe it's just my, my lack of uh, desire to care too much. But there's a lot of players to be had in later rounds. So yeah. if the first round draft pick fails and someone else later doesn't, then I think then the draft might still be a success. So I might Jarvis, be... I'm no, sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. Jarvis Landry, arguably one of the best, if not the best, I argue the best, as I've done recently on Twitter. Wide receivers in Dolphins history was a second-round draft pick. Xavier Howard, who should have won the Defensive Player of the Year this year, was a second-round draft pick. Yeah. So as long as you can develop it, and as long as you get the right players, like it's first-round picks, forget them. Kasicki, second-round pick. Raekwon Davis. He was, wait, he was a second-round pick, right? Yeah, Raekwon Davis is a second-round pick. Yeah, he's he's developing pretty nicely. Like second round picks are pretty great. Like and there's a lot less pressure on them, I feel like. A little bit They're more definite. of a chip on their shoulder because they didn't get picked in the first round. I think I that's know. a I think that's a good point. And maybe we don't talk about that enough as NFL fans. Those guys that have to sit in the green room for a whole day or two days, maybe three days. Those guys were drafted later for a reason, mostly because NFL scouts didn't see something they liked, but that also might mean that they're going to be doing their best to succeed. Uh, Cameron, Wake was, Cameron Wake was undrafted. Yep. Uh, there's, there's some phenomenal athletes out there that haven't been drafted. Chris Harris Jr. is one that comes to mind, undrafted free yep. agent. Um, Tony Brown did pretty good. Was Antonio Brown undrafted, or was he a late-round draft pick or something? I thought he was too? a late-round, but we could look that or whoever's listening can look that up if they want to. Yeah. Uh, I just – I don't care who is drafted. I don't care where we draft, but the big thing that needs to happen is it needs to be a hit, and the player needs to be developed. And that's all about coaching. Chris Greer can only do so much, but once the, those players are on the roster, it's all up to Flores and his staff. Yep. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens. Now at the same time, I see a lot of mock drafts, and there's one player that everyone's excited for at 18, and I'm here to to try and calm everyone down and maybe burst a bubble. That's the running back out of Alabama, Najee Harris. Now, obviously the Dolphins need a really good running back. Like someone to really take some pressure off Tua. Gaskins did a pretty good job. Not going to lie. Like he, he did pretty good for the offense line he was given and the quarterback he was given. Right? I think Flores doesn't like running backs, so... Don't get your hopes up for him drafting one, especially that high. Like, everyone relax. 
and just be happy with whatever running back they get. I, I, uh, I don't know how I feel about the running back to Bray. I feel like we've talked about it a lot and extensively, and the NFL's a, a changing game. I mean, some of my favorite NFL players of all time were the bell cow running backs that got the ball every play. I think the perfect example for me would be I grew up watching LaDainian Tomlinson do his thing. And there was a four-year stretch. There was a four-year stretch where LaDainian Tomlinson averaged 20 touchdowns and over 2,000 yards. Four years. He had 10,000 yard, yards and 80 touchdowns in four seasons. And you just won't find that kind of player anymore. Or a, you won't find an offense that will give a player that kind of opportunity anymore. And I think that's probably more important. Unless you're, of course, Tennessee. Well, they figured out how to make it work. Yep. Thanks, Tannehill. We love you, dog. Yeah. So I, I don't think that's the type of offense that the Dolphins will run, but I also don't think anybody knows what kind of Dolphins or what kind of offense the Dolphins are going to run because we might be the first team ever to have two offensive coordinators for a whole season. I haven't yeah, done any I research on that, but maybe. I, I can't remember any in my lifetime of being a football fan that I've seen two offensive coordinators, and I think that's going to be really interesting to see. Maybe Flores yeah. is onto something. That, you know, sometimes the offensive scheme doesn't work in a certain game, and he can switch it over to the other guy. And they, you know, the players probably have to be smart to know to run two different offenses, but might be beneficial. And yeah. I'm pretty sure everything's going to be better than the dinosaur Shan Gailey. We'll we'll see. Um, I'm not sure. Again, I I don't want to get into this debate. A lot of people will say like it's it's all because Gailey's a dinosaur and didn't trust Tua. But I feel like sometimes he, you know, I'm I'm just actually I'm, I'm just gonna stop right there. I don't I don't have the energy. <laughs> Fair enough. But um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how that works out. Um, it's kind of it's really weird to me. It kind of makes like raises a red flag for me. Like now is he actually doing this because he thinks this is a good idea or like, or like the candidates not great or like, like did he, could he not find any good candidates? I mean, it feels like there's like a few decent people that he interviewed, but they ended up just being like, eh, we're not going to go here. And yeah. That's... We don't know the behind the scenes. We don't know if it was because of a, hey, we don't know what the thing's going to be with quarterback, whether you're going to get Fitzpatrick another year or if you're just going to roll with Tua. Uh, who knows? Right? But Yeah. Right. I think, I think uncertainty going into the season is going to be both a good and bad thing. It's going to be a good sure. thing because you know, maybe we're going to see a product that we've been yearning for. Something that's not so Dolphins. Something that's different. Something that's going to be a product on the field that we get excited for every every game. Uh, something that might eventually, dare I say, reunite Dolphins Twitter. Uh, I don't know what. I don't know how that's going to go. I I don't think they'll ever be reunited. I think, like with politics, it's just it's too much. All Too right, much divide. I'll listen to that. But 
maybe maybe we'll maybe the uncertainty will bring greatness and maybe the uncertainty will be the exact same problem we've had is we don't know what we're going to be getting and that's the problem is we haven't established a team good enough to give us a product that we're used to i mean uh we talk about the ravens but maybe another example would be you know late 2000s vikings teams adrian peterson you knew what that team was going to bring. And that team was incredibly consistent for a few years. And they were fun yeah. to watch. Absolutely. And it does help that they had, you know, Adrian Peters. Right. They did. But I think, I think that's me. You know, I think that's something that I've been saying before and something that I still want and something I haven't seen yet from any coaching staff, any Dolphins team is it seems like, the consistency is never there. It seems like we're always trying to find a core or find a purpose or finding, a, you know, the beam that we have to walk on. It's always, like, changing, and I don't think that's the right thing. Eventually, we need to find that groove and stick in it. Yeah. And I also understand that the NFL is not like that. The NFL gives coaches two, three years sometimes at the most. And then they go to a different direction. Yeah. This is going to be Brian Flores' third year. And I said earlier today, if, if, it's, if there's not improvement on this season, you know, what, what more do we have to expect? How long are we going to wait to keep, you know, allowing Chris Greer to just build the draft picks next season rather than capitalizing on the ones he has this season? You're and, preaching. And how many players testify. are... Yeah, how many players are we going to let Brian Flores, you know, bring in and try to develop, and then be okay with them leaving? Yep, I would be okay with drafting five players next season as long as they were all five starters, or the best. at least some sort of contributors. Yeah, like the, positive uh, contributors. The best NFL teams draft late, and that's a fact. So. Yep. Maybe that would be my judge for uh, when we draft next season. If we draft any higher than 20, it'd be a failure. Hey, that's not, no, let's not do that, Taylor. That's an expectation. Yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> Again, we are firmly no expectations. Yeah. Well, as I'll much as I want for next year to get a head rusher, but. Yeah. I digress. Uh, maybe it'll be Russo from Miami and then everybody can be happy. Yep. But as much as I felt great ranting today, I think we probably should give some end notes. Um, I don't really know how productive this podcast was, but it felt good to me. And if you guys enjoyed Matt's beautiful, sexy, smooth, monotone voice, please let him know on the timeline. If Thanks. you guys yes. disagreed with any of my crazy Ballard 78 rants, please let me know. Otherwise, most importantly, we always ask you to check out the Midwestern Fins featured charity. And this week's featured charity was Needs Incorporated. N-A-D-S dot org. N-E-A-D-S. N-E-A-D-S dot org. I don't know why that was hard for me to say, but it was. You just got super excited. You know, it's a great charity. Why not? 
Why not get super excited? True. Was legit. But got any final words to say, Matt? Nope. I think we hit everything. Well, stay safe. The next time traffic cones. Yeah, (laughs) true that. Next time you guys hear from us, the Dolphins will have a new team. Um, We will have some rookies on our team and we'll have a little bit of better outlook of what's going to be happening. So stay tuned and follow along and always check us out on Twitter at Midwestern Fins. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good night.